Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. All right, well, um, how many of you were here last week? I see a lot of familiar. So you guys remember um, Donnie spoke on spiritual warfare last week, and um, This week, I'm going to be speaking kind of on the similar thing, kind of on my own um, perspective on it. But I love what what Donnie brought, because if I can be honest with you guys, spiritual warfare sometimes... Like for me, what I've, what I've usually heard a lot, and if you guys can think with me, a lot of it kind of like turns me off, if I'll be honest. Um, when you hear the thing of spiritual warfare, what I've often seen is that so many times we can get so like devil conscious and demon conscious, and we can get so into going after the enemy and we forget who we are and we forget who we serve, you know? And so many times... Sometimes we do, I mean, most of the time, I, I believe we do it in complete sincerity. Sometimes it's what we've been taught. Sometimes it's our perspective of how we read the word and we think we ought to do something. But I just, I personally, it's like what we were singing today. It's either we believe these songs that Jesus has conquered and Jesus has won the battle. It's, it's either we believe what we're singing or they're just cute songs that we sing on a Sunday morning. And I know you guys, I don't think you guys believe that. I can see it. You guys believe what we're singing. And I'm saying, let's continue. Let's believe that. Because for far too long, this subject, we've put the enemy on a stage right where he wants to be. And he doesn't deserve to be there. I'm not. See, sometimes I say things like this and people can accuse me of being maybe um, ignorant of the enemy's devices. Right. You know, scripture says that or naive of him. I'm not at all like saying like, you know, Don't at all pay attention to them. There's a reason why we have to put on the armor of God and stuff. But I'm just saying that we're dealing with a defeated foe. We're dealing with a defeated foe, a defeated enemy. And a lot of where he operates right now, if you notice, a lot of what he operates in are lies. Now, I might sound similar to things that I preached before because it's just, it's always burning in my heart. I'm going to really try to... um, present it differently this time, but I, I, I really do have somewhere where I want to go and I want to focus on this, this thing of believing lies in our life. And so this message is simply titled, Don't Believe the Lies. That's it. Don't believe the lies. I just, most of the time, when we think of battles, most of the time, when we, when we really realize it, a lot of times, it always starts in the mind. And, and, and if anyone knows about a struggle in the mind, it's me, trust me. Like if, if those who really know me, they would know the wrestle that I faced in the realm of the mind. I used to deal with hard depression before Jesus. And then even after being a born again, I dealt with so much stuff, not realizing who I was and not being able to expose the lies and it would grab hold of me. And see, here's the thing. Here's what I want to go into. Lies can have power if you believe them, right? 
Lies have power if you believe them. And the enemy only has lies to breathe. That's all he does. He's defeated. He knows he's defeated. But he, what he can do is he can try to deceive us and just whisper in our minds all the time. Whisper all these lies and get us to own them. And when we own them, bam, he has his way in. And that's why the Bible talks about strongholds. It talks about tearing down every stronghold. I'm going to get into that in a little bit because I want to read some scripture with you guys. But right now, like, think of this. This is, this is like more of a natural, um, just kind of a, a different analogy to understand how lies have power, right? So think of this example. Let's just say that you were on an airplane flying somewhere. And let's just say someone, which if anyone ever did this, they'd be in some serious trouble and probably taken to a mental institute or something, what I'm about to say. But let's say someone on the airplane decided to pull a prank. And out of nowhere, you guys are already up in the sky, you've already taken off. Someone decides to get up and say, and shout, there's a bomb on this plane. And just, and then he went even farther and began to convince everyone listening that he was able to somehow sneak a bomb on this plane. Imagine this. Again, that'd be crazy if somebody would do something like this. But think about how you would go from a place of complete peace, calm, Unless you, don't know, unless you don't like flying, maybe then you might be already a little bit stressed. But for most people, let's say you're, you're, you're listening to your music, you're doing whatever, you're watching something. You go from a place of complete calmness and all of a sudden you believe a lie. There's no bomb on the plane. You believed a lie and with it came the emotions. With it came fear. With it came anxiety. With it came all of these things because you gave it power by believing it. Right? You follow me? It's simple. Lies can have power if we believe them. And then all of a sudden, the guy's just like, I'm just kidding. There's no, again, this is kind of crazy. That probably wouldn't happen. But it's a great example of how all of a sudden he says, I'm just kidding. There's no lie. Again, that guy's probably going to get apprehended and he's going to be having security waiting for him or police waiting for him, a whole bunch of people waiting for him. And you know what? So, but, but then as soon as you understand that the lie is really not truth and that it is indeed a lie, you'd be like, sigh of relief. You know, I'm going to live to see another day. You probably got your life flashing before your eyes, your family, people that haven't prayed in 20 years are probably praying. You know what I mean? Like you would, you would go into a state of panic. And then again, because of that, some of you guys might still be like, you'd be angry at that guy. So you'd still be feeling a little bit of stress. You'd be angry. Like, how can somebody do such a foolish Thing. But nevertheless, you would understand that it's a lie and it has no power, right? I just want to keep, I want to go farther into this thing because I'm telling you, I've seen it so long in the body of Christ and it was so long in my own life. I've shared briefly, if I have time, I'll share a little bit today, but I've been following the Lord for 14 years now and for probably 11 of those years, I was believing lies. I had what you call a stronghold stronghold in the mind and you know what go ahead and if you can put that scripture up I'll just go over it right now second Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5 if you have your Bibles you can turn with me if not it'll be up on the screen like it already is you guys are awesome read this with me 
For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power. And mine here I underlined to destroy strongholds. Destroy strongholds. Let that sink in. Destroy strongholds. Then it says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And here's key. Another one. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. That tells me that there are thoughts that Paul had that were not him and were not of God. And he had to know how to take every thought captive and recognize the ones that were him and the ones that weren't him and then make them obedient to Jesus. I love what Donnie said last week. It was a cool picture. Everyone has their own things, like what they do to overcome this, you know what I'm saying? And Donnie uh, was talking about, y'all remember he was talking about the trash can? Next time you have a thought like that, just picture yourself taking it up, throwing it in the trash can, right? That's cool. That's a perfect example of how someone works on renewing their mind. Here's another scripture, Ephesians 6, 18. And I'm gonna be reading this one out of the Passion Translation because I love the way the guy puts it. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. To protect your thoughts from lies. How many of you, have you, have you guys seen um, Chronicles of Narnia? We love, my family, we love the Chronicles of Narnia um, series, and they're supposed to be coming out with a new one soon. Um, I can't wait for that. We love those series, right? And when I was thinking of this one time of just how lies work and stuff and how the enemy just whispers these empty threats to us all the time, all of a sudden I was like, man, I just had this remembrance of um, one of the Chronicles of Narnia scenes. And they're about to play a video here. It's only 35 seconds. But before we watch the video, I want to explain it a little bit because it's pretty cool. It gives like a little, uh, a little video visual on what I perceived it to sometime, what I perceive it to sometimes look like. But in this scene, you have um, Lucy and she's the youngest one. And some, for some reason, she drifts off again and she ends up, I forgot where she was going. I don't know if she was probably going after Aslan or something because she was always doing that. Um, and she goes off and then the team comes out looking for her. And then they end up in this field and they come in contact with these invisible beings. And I don't know, can, do, every, uh, do any of you remember what I'm talking about? Or if not, you'll see it. But they come into this field and there's these invisible beings that, all of their, that they're confronted with. And then they're like, they can't, they can't see them, but they can see their swords, but they can hear them. And they're like making their voice all deep and we're this big and we're this big and we're gonna do this to you. And, we're gonna, and, the, and at first they're kind of like freaked out because they're like, what are you? What kind of creatures are you? What do you want with us? But little do they know that whatever it is that Lucy is doing, she found some book that was undoing something. And so these, these, these beings that were sharing all these lies, they were, they were becoming visible. So now the, the team was actually seeing them for who they were. And they were these little weird looking things that had no threat on them. And all of a sudden, the tables completely turned. And then I'll get back up and I'll explain. But go ahead and roll that video.
I love that. Do you see how fast the tables turn when they saw who they really were? What you do with my sister, you little pipsqueak? <laughs> Just that easy. And the truth is what? Is the enemy, is he weak? No, I'm not saying that. If we were fighting in our own strength, which is what I did for a long time, that's why I was getting whooped all the time. That's why Ephesians 6 says, be strong in the power of his might. Be strong in the power of his might. But when we realize who we are, and we realize that if Jesus is the head and he says we're the body and everything's been put under his feet, then where does that put everything under us? Under us as well, right? The enemy often just has lies as his ammunition. Psalm says that your truth shall be a shield unto me. Ephesians 6 talks about the shield of faith in which we can quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. Faith, truth, your truth. You know, it's interesting that the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's Romans 12 too. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It doesn't say be transformed by prayer and fasting. It doesn't say be transformed by going to church, by doing all these other things. It says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because see, when a person gets born again, they become instantly a new creation. Instantly. Born again, new creation, old self crucified, raised with Christ. But then what we run into is our thought patterns that we've believed for so long that it's formed strongholds in our mind. And that's, that there is where the battle happens. And that is why it's like, that is why Jesus, I mean, that's why Paul says to be transformed. Renewing your mind doesn't happen instantly. You have to train your mind to align with who you've now become. And if we don't do that, we're losing a battle. Let me, let me kind of, because now, you know, I've said what I've said and don't believe lies, and, but I want to try to take it a little farther because I want to try to explain more of what I mean and maybe how it can work in all of our lives and how it's worked in my life and how I see it all the time. Let me give you an example. And there's different, because not every time, the example I'm about to give you, not every time someone's dealing with a blatant sin or something, there's a lot of people that deal with stuff and certain bondages and there is freedom for that, but not every time it's that. Sometimes it's just believing lies that you're not good enough. Sometimes it's believing lies of the lie of comparison. If I compared myself with the other preachers I listened to, which I have in the past before, I would never get up here because I would compare my inexperience with their 20 years of experience. And it happens all the time in ministry and in everything and whatever you want to do, the lie of comparison. But let me, let me explain this for a second. So someone gives their life to Jesus. They, they get saved. They're a new creation and they are on fire. 
right? Have you guys seen before? I know this was kind of my story. They are on fire. And they really are bearing fruit that they have repented and they are born again. And you can tell. I love, there was a friend of mine, or he's still my friend, that in a job I worked at, um, this was probably three years ago or something, he, uh, God, just, God just broke in one time and um, while we were at work. And little by little, God was planting seeds in this person's life. And then he ends up going to this service with me one day and just surrenders his life. This guy used to be a heavy, a lead of a heavy metal rock band, used to dress up as a demon looking guy, has a tattoo, everything of a satanic looking guy. It's crazy. He was in darkness. And all of a sudden, God began to like break these things. And I remember I was working at, at, at the hospital and there was a period where for like nine, I'll never do this again, but for like a nine month straight, I was working on Sundays and I couldn't make it to church. But it was okay because I brought church to work. I promise. Like, it was cool. It, it, I really did. God, God gave me so much grace in that season because, you, like, like, to think nine months, my gosh. Without, but I would go there, and it was me and this guy and this other girl that we work with, and I would put worship music on, and we'd be doing our thing, and, and, and they would feel the presence of God. They would feel it. And I remember showing, like, my friend this song, and I just can tell. And I said, man, what'd you feel? He's like, man, I don't know. I feel something, you know? Then one day I had this open door where he's like opening up and then he's like um, just going through stuff. And I hear, I feel the Lord so strong. Pray right now. Don't tell him you're going to pray. Don't pray right now. And I knew it. My heart sunk. Everything had got all in. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? And I said, hey, bro, can I pray for you? And he's just like, sure. You know, they're, they're, he's going through stuff. He wasn't going to neglect it. And he was kind of like atheist. He was, really was. And I pray a simple prayer and God comes in the room. It wasn't like this. Don't picture this majestic, oh, like crazy encounter when going in. It wasn't like that. But it was like the subtle, the just silence of the, like just came in. And when, when we opened our eyes after praying, he was like tearing. And I'm like, what'd you feel, bro? He's like, I felt something. And I'm like, that was God. Then the other girl, the other girl's looking at me like, like with her eyes open. Mo, that's what her, that, that, that's what she said. I still remember, Mo, what are you doing here? You need to be in the ministry. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you know, I mean, here I am though. This wouldn't happen if I wasn't. That's why even what I said earlier, like you guys are the face of Jesus everywhere. And I never want to forget those times that I, that I planted seeds in the workplace and stuff. And, but anyway, the reason why I went into that story was because this guy gets saved, gets born again. And he was saying things, <laughs> he was saying things that I didn't even have to tell him. I didn't even, have, I didn't say, okay, now don't do this and don't do that and make sure all that cussing, you might want to stop that. And do you do this? Don't do that anymore. I didn't have to say that. He started coming up to me. I still remember we were in the parking lot. He comes up to me. He's like, man, I just feel like I'm brand new. I've, he didn't even know he was saying scripture. He hadn't even opened up the Bible. Man, I just feel like I have a new beginning. I said, bro, you are a new creation. Any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away and all things become new. It's so amazing, man. He had the fruit of repentance and I didn't even have to tell him. I didn't even have to tell him. He just was like, and then he, he began to tell me this, man, before I used to get so mad, when so-and-so would be doing this, and now I used to be cussing these people out in my mind, man, and this, and now it just kind of rolls off me. I'm like, that, isn't that amazing? Fruit of the Spirit. That is born again. 
That's Christianity. Now, what happens is a person like that, they're born again, and, but their mind is not renewed yet. They're still immature. They've, he's lived all his life a certain train of thought. So now he has to get in the word, find out what God says about him to actually begin the renewal process. Because salvation is not a process. I know some people will disagree with that as well, but salvation is instantly. Renewing your mind is how we get transformed. And what here's the mistake that we do that I just, and I used to do the same thing. And again, we do it in complete sincerity, but here's the mistake that we do. Let's say we, we have someone like that. The fruit is there. The man is born again and he's believing. And all of a sudden, the enemy starts whispering to him, giving him these lies and saying, this, maybe tempting him with something he used to be tempted with, right? And all of a sudden, he starts to think, oh my God, I thought I was free from this. Yeah, you're not free. You see that thought right there? You're free. Look what just went through your head. Oh, and the next thing you know, he gives into something. Next thing you know, he gives into something. But here's the awesome thing. The difference is that now he cares. You get that? Before, he would have given in to that thing, not thought twice about it, kept going, did it a hundred more times. That was life to him. But now there's a seed in him called the seed of God. And he's born again. And so he falls. Let's say he falls. But now it's like he hates it. It feels icky. Conviction sets in. The enemy turns conviction into condemnation if we don't know truth. If we don't know, if we don't know conviction, oh my God, I was a slave to guilt, shame, and condemnation for so many years. The enemy had his way with me. My beautiful, amazing wife, who has been so patient along the years. I've always been a good husband to her, but it's just, she has seen the inner turmoil. She can, she can testify. She has seen the inner turmoil that I dealt with, the depression that hit me. For so many years, even as a born-again believer. Why? Because I believed it. I believed it was my struggle. Who's ever heard that? I, I'm not at all saying that I believe we'll be perfect at all, right? Until that age, right? Until the age to come. But you know, I've been feeling convicted lately with even using the word struggle in my life. And here's why. I felt, I just, whenever I say I struggle with something, I'm like, no, like, if I say I struggle with something, I am giving belief and faith into that. I will struggle. If I say, man, you know, the Lord has set me free from this, but I still struggle with anxiety here and there. I still struggle with that right there is the sure way to agree with it. And you will own the struggle. And so here's, here's the thing. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm also not trying to be naive if you're dealing with something, but you got to change your perspective. Now what I do is I, I just change it to God. I'm growing in you. I'm growing in you. I will not claim this struggle, even though what I just did or what I just lie, I believe that I gave into, it is not who I am. And so back to like the example that I was given with my friend, here's what we do in the body of Christ. And it's very sad. It's so sad. And again, I, I might've done this to other people back then out of sincerity, thinking I was helping them. But instead of like, I realize he's already been born again. I can see that. I can, my spirit bears witness. 
That's another thing. When you have like discernment, you know when you're talking to someone. You can see it in their eyes and you can sense it off of them. Like they're, these, this is for real. These people are born again. You don't even have to like meet them. You can just, they're, so, like, they're, they're the real deal. And I knew it. But instead of sharing truth with someone like that, we, we tend to do things like bring up, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tread softly <laughs> with what I'm about to bring up. And I promise I'm not, like I, I'm wrestling with God over this, but I can't get it off my heart and I can't get it off what I'm seeing in scripture now. But we look at that and then we start asking, asking questions like, uh, did something happen to you when you were a kid? Get them thinking. Now they're searching beyond the blood. Now they're going before the blood when anything before the blood shouldn't matter. And we ask, did something happen? Because let's say they're, they're messing up and they just can't get it together. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, how about, did, did your parents deal with this? Well, yeah. And oh, I see. I think we're dealing with a, a generational curse. And, and then we put these big words and all of a sudden it's like, a what now? And listen, guys, I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm saying this out of humility. They're real. They're biblical. Generational curses are biblical. They're real. But I refuse to believe that a lie and something, a curse, made it through the blood of Jesus. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I, I have conversations with close friends of mine about it, and we talk about it, and we go back and forth, and we're just like, and it's awesome. It's good stuff. But... I, I am not, I can care less about stepping on toes. I am not at all the kind of toe stepper person like some preachers. But I will stomp on a lie if I see what it's been doing in people's lives. I remember for me, I want to see how transparent I can get right now. But for me, so many years, um, get born again. The, the story I just shared, I was talking about a little bit of my friend, but also like even some of me, born again, loving Jesus. I mean, on fire. Like I was, I was at youth on Fridays for hours. And then I was at, on Sunday, I was in church. And then on Tuesdays, I was driving 45 minutes away to be a part of a Bible study. And I was staying three hours past what other people were staying because I was hungry. I touched God and I wanted more of him. But then something in my life began to creep up. Something of my past began to creep up, and I thought it was me. And it would turn that I would give in to this thing many times over the years. I'm just going to say it without being too whatever, because I believe there's a level of transparency that helps freedom. You know, this issue of pornography and immorality, I said it. I don't even like saying the word, but... I was introduced to that at the age of eight in a world where technology wasn't even what it is now. I can't even imagine the war we're in right now, right? But I was introduced to that, and it followed me a lot of my Christian life up until a few years ago. Even as I've been married for almost 12 years, guys. My wife knows everything, by the way. She knows everything. I never hid anything from her. But I was not even going to go here. I don't even know why I am. 
I was not even going to go here, but again, there is a level of transparency that I believe freedom comes through. And people could have said, you know what? You know how many altar calls I answered? You know how many times I've tried it to fast? You know how many times I did this, 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 and that? And, 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 and cut off. I went to a, a, a three-day retreat that I put everything on the cross and, and broke everything. I went to that. But it wasn't until I renewed my mind and understood my identity that I was able to cut through everything. And now intimacy was the result of being with Jesus. And when, it's, and when you can get rid of the lie, it doesn't stop there. What happens is getting rid of all the lies and the things that we're able to just go straight to God and his presence sets us free. So guess what? If I have a thought right now, if I, cause you know what I love in, in, I think it's, um, did I write it down? Yeah, I did. Matthew 16, 23. You guys remember when Peter pulled Jesus aside because Jesus is telling him like, I'm getting ready to go be crucified and I'm going to do all this. And Peter pulls him aside and said, Lord, far be it from you. You will never do that. And look at Jesus, it says, but he turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. People have heard that a whole bunch, right? Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. It's interesting to me that Peter was the one saying it, and Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. That means there was a thought that went through Peter's mind that was not his, and he spoke it and said, no, Lord, far be it from you. He recognized it. He said, uh-uh, you're not thinking like God. You're thinking like a man. I have to do this. And so for me, like, again, there were so many things. And I, I oh my God, God is my witness. I am so free. I'm so free. I'm so free. And I'm a man. And I refuse to believe that just because I'm a man, I have to deal with this. Right? Because that's been the lie. That's been the lie. Like for so long is that just because I'm a man, it's every man's battle. Right? And I'm not saying that as a knock on that guy's awesome. The writer, the author of that. And the, I'm not. So don't hear what I'm not saying. But you know what I'm saying? Like we say that and we own stuff like that, that it has to be our battle. Man, get out of here. Jesus is our example. I refuse to believe just because I'm a man, I have to deal with this. Oh, well, you know, God made us with certain ways and, you know, and then we think our wife is there to please us. Like, come on. I know that, 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 that might not go down well with some men, right? <laughs> oh, marriage is so much better when you don't put that strain on your wife. God made these things for us. He made them for us. In the beauty of holiness, and it's been perverted by the ways of the world. Jesus. It's already 11.30. I didn't even get to where I wanted to get. In John 8, verse 32, you guys have probably heard me say it several times. I live by it. I'll say it a thousand more times. Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free or set you free. Some translations, uh, translations say, we are not allowed 
to yeah, but God. We're not allowed to yeah, but the word of God. I once heard a preacher say, God's got a bigger butt than you. (laughs) I thought that was good. It's true. And what we do is we base our living experience and we take that and then we take a scripture like that, what I just read, and we say, yeah, but you got to think about this. Or, well, what about this? And Jesus is like, no, you're going to know the truth. Truth will make you free. What, what, is, what does that mean? Like, your level of freedom is directly related to the amount of truth that you walk in, the amount of truth that you believe and walk in. I heard someone say this before, truth is a barometer, is a measuring for freedom. So if there's an area of your life that you're not experiencing freedom, again, I just went to like the extreme, but there's so much other things. I'm not dealing with that anymore, but there's other stuff that I was just recently dealing with. The stuff that I'm saying today, I'm preaching to myself. I promise, Donnie knows. I can, him and I confide in each other all the time, and I've been open and real. I'm the kind of guy that can't hide anything. So if you see me with a look on my face or something, I mean, I don't know, maybe I might be daydreaming or something, but I'm the kind of guy that I can't hide anything. So whatever I'm going through, I show it. And Donnie would be like, oh, you're all right, you're all right. And, and for me, it was believing the same lies I'm saying not to believe. And this is what they sounded like as I stepped into this new position, full-time, working to be the associate of this church. I mean, I'm the associate director right now, but working to be the associate pastor of this church and to, to help, lead, help Donnie lead you guys and just go all out for the Lord, you know? I'm here full time. My office is up there. And all of a sudden, I, I just get overwhelmed and I feel just inadequate. And, I, and, and here comes the lies. You're outside of your gifting right now, Mo. You're not going to be the minister you think you're going to be. And it's like the stronghold there, the way that I was thinking. You're too up and down. You're not going to be able to do this. Oh, my God. Like, these are the lies, and here's what happened. I believed them. For a second, I started to think, oh, man, it'd be so much easier to just go back to work. I'd be even more depressed probably if I did that because this is what I'm passionate to do, and I know God has called. Me and Donnie talk about this stuff. God's called us here. We're passionate for this. If I could have the worship team to come up. But, and I started to believe these lies, and guess what happened? I believed the lie, and it gained power over me. And then it was like I was going through, like I'm pressing this, actually before, before this, I didn't mention this, that's a whole other long story, but I, I don't want to scare anyone, but I, like, as we're, like, pray for your leaders, guys, for real. Pray, like, we pray for you guys, pray for us, for real. We're not immune to this stuff, and... Um, again, I can't go into the story, but I got visited by, like I had like a demonic encounter that happened a few weeks back, uh, just a few weeks ago. And, um, it's a long story. It came out of a dream. It was a dream and it, it gripped me. And, um, but after that, it left me in like this funk and it left its funk with me. And instead of me knowing what I, you know, knowing what I'm supposed to do, I started buying into the lies as I'm sitting in my office and then I'm. I gave power to them. 
Next thing you know, it's, this was literally just a couple weeks ago. Last week I was good, two weeks before that. Full-on feeling depression. I've been set free. I know the truth. I've been set free. I don't have anything, but I believe the lie. And that's where all I'm saying is we just have to be careful that we don't go digging somewhere that we don't need to dig. Do you know what I mean? Excuse me. So many times it has to do with tearing down these strongholds that I talked about from the scripture. A stronghold, there may be some people have different definitions, but how I see it is like, it's a pattern and a way of thinking that you've been so used to thinking for so long that it sets up in your mind and it forms a stronghold. You know, actually, I'm reading this book. Um, Kelly mentioned her a couple weeks ago when she preached, uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf. I recommend her stuff. She's awesome. And she's a Christian, but she's a scientist but she's unashamedly Christian. So she puts, she has scripture all over her, her books. But I'm reading this book, I think it's called, yeah, it's called Retrain Your Brain. And then in it, there's a 21 day brain detox plan. She taught, I haven't even got into it, but it's the same thing, I love it. What she does is everything I'm sharing, she puts science in it. She backs it by science. And she says that science, <coughs> excuse me, science is actually just now catching up with the Bible. It's not the other way around. And she has all these, like she speaks in big words sometimes and loses me, quantum this, quantum that. And I'm like, yeah, whatever you're saying, but I, I try hard to understand. But she actually talks about strongholds in a scientific way on how our thought patterns, the more that we think a certain thing, you're not worthy. You'll never be free. I see it happen in, in, in married couples so much. Married couples that are struggling or, or, or others that have, are no longer together or others on the brink of divorce. I see it at work and I'm like, oh God, what do we do? Help us to destroy these lies. One of the spouse starts thinking, oh, I never really wanted to marry that person. I know people that have had that. Oh, oh you never really wanted to marry that person. You think it's your thought. The enemy starts planting those seeds. Oh, you were too young. You didn't know what you were doing. And all of a sudden, man, you're right. Years later, you have a family, everything, and you want to leave. All because you, this is no condemnation to that. I am not at all like saying shame on you. I'm, I'm exposing the lie. You see what I'm saying? Like it, it, this is, these are the kind of lies that we've believed for so long. And, and that's what I'm passionate about is just, just destroying that thing. You guys can stand. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.